You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 150. Morning, when Snowbane's gift becomes visible in the sky above Revel's lift, the return of the of Mock and Bairn and Essen and Grumbar, uh, marking the next chapter in the facets of fate's lives oh, that is a short not very repeatable music but it is a, it is a grand Underworld. arrival song uh <laughs> the children the balloon the balloon the ship it's here wherever drustin is working on where is drustin when uh he is fetched for his friends arriving earlier than expected been sleeping in the wizard's tower. So, uh, one of the assistants who he has hired from the town to help him out wakes him up. Master Justin, they're here. They've arrived. What's I mean, I guess blessing? not earlier that earlier than expected for you, because you guys have speaking stones and probably have been oh, communicating. Good, but <laughs> earlier than originally planned a month Why ago. Why? Yeah, they got a lucky jump. Brought him real close. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It was. It's yeah. It's a lucky jump. And that was quite unexpected. We, we. It didn't always work that way. No. A lucky, uh, a lucky jump in the gift as uh, has brought them here. The balloon is set down. Where do you guys sit down here in Revel's Lift? Where is it? It's a friendly the coast tower. near the Wizard's Tower. The coast right near the Wizard's Tower. I'm Actually, just going to bring it idea. down Actually, by the tower. Oh, the top of the tower. The they tie top. off at the top of the tower somehow or something. Like that'd be sick. Although, I guess the balloons collapse, so that wouldn't make that much sense. Although, it could just sit there. Hover. Stay moored. Airship moored. It lands yeah, on the top of the tower because that is yeah. a cool idea. Yes. Uh, coming down on the wizard's tower, gently settling. Mock, Bairn, you see below you down looking over the uh, edge of the gift you can see townspeople gathering around the uh, the wizard's tower as they are waving and shouting you can't hear but there is just a rumbling of cheering they're here uh, so Drustin is awoken by his uh, assistant where's Scrimcorn Grimcorn, um, will probably be cleaning up, <clears throat> cleaning up from the feast. He holds these nightly feasts, and uh, he helps uh, prepare and cook and uh, and clean up each night. So he's probably just uh, getting the scraps together to feed to the pigs, the giant hogs up in the Hawkthorpe area. And uh, next morning after a party, yeah, he's 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 cleaning up uh, after the party. He's picking up all the red solo cups. 
and uh, and sees and sees them and and uh, sees them landing on the wizard tower and kind of rolls his eyes at the the gaudiness. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but starts okay. hiking over. Where's Bearjaw? Bearjaw is uh, over where the lumber gets uh, processed, and she's doing her early morning routine of uh, like chopping fully full-sized logs, but like with one chop. So she's just nice. like she's shortening them into like shorter logs for processing, but she's just doing it like one at a time, like boom, bring down this huge like. It's not meant to be used this way. It's like it's like part of a machine or something that she that like broke down, and so she's like helping out by just repurposing that blade as a weapon and just crushing these things into into half half their size. And so she's she's just got like a pile going at this point. Amazing. She, she sees the thing where she where she looks up, wipes her brow, and then kind of <laughs> watches that 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 scene there. And where is oil vein? Um, cut to uh, the view from a spyglass. You can see the <laughs> wizard's tower the in glint. the distance. As the as the he watched the blimp come down, and then he uh, he puts it down. You know, kind of in in reverie, and you can see a big smile on his face. And then his face kind of like. Uh, his 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 big smile kind of goes away, and then he looks. He's sitting on the roof of the, of the, the, the house on the farm, the old Hawkland farm, and he's just looking down at the, at all the crops that you know. There's still, there's, some crops that have been planted, but it, there's a lot of like, work that still needs to be done, and you know, it, it to him even though he has help, he's getting help from the from the whatchamacallit the the halflings there it's still still a lot to be done so he kind of uh gives himself like a little resolute uh kind of head nod and he jumps off the roof with snoot and he runs towards town i love just oil vein running there with his dog (laughs) his best friends are back from the farm. <laughs> From the farm. <laughs> <He's on> the <laughs> farm. <laughs> uh, um, and Baron. Step off the gift. What do you do? What do you say? Uh, Ma- Baron. Okay. <laughs> um, Baron. Looks for his cousin. Justin. Oh, good you're to muted. see you. There you go. Hey, cousin, good to see you too. Been, been a bit. How have things been? Well, I guess we actually know how things have been, so we've been talking, but... You look well. Thank you. I've been busy. We'll figure out how much you've, you've got to come into the tower. Oh, I guess he came down through the tower, actually. <laughs> or you're on top of the tower. I'm He's the up roof. there. You're on the roof. He's like, come down, come down. You, you will never believe your eyes. May believe your eyes. As you see the changes I've made to the tower. Oh, it's what I've always dreamed of. A whole reliquary to me own. That's a wizard's tower. <laughs> Mock stepped off the ship as well. 
claps Drusen on the back and says, uh, Congratulations, cousin. It's well done. I look forward to seeing it. He leads them down through stairwell, and there's a lot of, I assume there's like, oh yeah, we decided this is just one, is it just one floor, this tower? What was the description? It just goes like way up? It goes all the way up, and the different, yeah. it's got like multiple different versions? Yeah, that's yeah. right. The, tower, the different like rooms are in different planes. pockets. So I like the idea that there's like a little like attic space. And then he goes down into the main chamber, and there's just one of those like super library central spiral yes. staircases that he leads them down. And he's pointing out, and in here, I mean, it's a huge library. So he has organized Wizard Dumfries stuff into a feature of this museum. So there is like the Wizard Dumfrey uh, uh, exhibit. But there's also things from all their travels. There's the Devils of Deep Amaskar. There's heroes of this realm, uh, including uh, many of the interesting things they found. There's enemies of the realms, too. You see, like, a, a, a Mind Flayer mannequin with its robe and a replica of the staff. And just a huge amount of work has been done here. And there are uh, children from the village running everywhere. Um, and you at first, this library. yeah, at first it looks totally disorganized. We realize they're sweeping, they're they're polishing the glass, uh, they're reading the books, they're playing with the book bat that's flying all around. The book uh, bat. It's, it's gotten tamed uh, over the weeks. Yes, uh, the book some bat. Training. You, gotta, you gotta feed it bookmarks. Yeah, it's a pet book bat. Uh, Anga does not like the book bat. She's <laughs> not a fan. So she is not with you right now. She's outside somewhere. She's thinking she Tristan already had a winged friend. Yeah. Uh, what is this? A book bat? Really? Who is um, she? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then you see some folks from the town, some water uh, genasi, some humans, some halflings, who are in there even in the early morning, uh, sipping tea from a, ooh, what's that cool term for a really big teapot that's like always boiling kettle there's this see there's another term for it anyways a teapot yeah. a craft thing a, a craft. big old kettle that's just yeah a big craft that's just bubbling away and just seeing the different exhibits um and then he takes them to the teleportation circle i described this last week but i'll repeat it again for a oh. proper recording so in the center where Dumfries lab, I love it, he just like was. immediately leads him into the to oh, like yeah. showing off all the stuff. Like, welcome here, oh, look yeah. at the stuff You're I really made. Tired and we, there's <laughs> oh, some yeah. new people here, but <laughs> last week didn't we decide that the uh, the teleportation circle exits into the gift shop? <laughs> that's the first thing you exit into. <laughs> there's you see a little gift shop that's currently being constructed. It's like the Green Wizard gift shop. There's like a little plushie being made by of Dristan. Yeah, I really of hope they're wizard. of Dristan. Of course, he's like, well, <laughs> ignore that for now. Uh, oh, work in well, progress. Well, you squeeze the donkey and it makes the I'm doing the donkey. The donkey. <laughs> you pull it, ruins. <laughs> um, Mary. Mary, Mary I might one make of the that. more marketable spells in the spellbook. <laughs> you pull it and he says, "That's not right." I mean. That's nay, right? 
so lost you see, his accent topside. Yeah. You see that there is uh, the center area has been actually set into a whole other museum exhibit, only instead of being about the world, it's about Ravel's Lift. There are various sketches, letters, stories, recordings of oral traditions and such, all about Revel's Lift and the people who live there. Um, and this is empowering the central teleportation circle itself. Uh, and he explains how the wizard Dumfrey had understood the mechanics of teleportation, but could never get it to work because the story of the place is as important as the magic itself. And once uh, Drusen had talked to 1369 and other and Quellet and other people who knew of the uh, town and its stories, he was able to connect all that kind of um, arcane sigils and runes and such with the story of Revel's Lift, giving it its own unique signature, finishing the ritual. So actually surrounding the story itself are floating pages with uh, stories and sketches and stuff like that of the town. And finally, he leads them back outside because he says, Oh, no, Scrim and Olvain and Berjah cannot wait to see you. And who's waiting outside? Grim is. And uh, Grim I, I cannot move Drewston. And, okay, I'll, I'll take a look at that in a second. Um, not only Scrim and oil vein and bear jaw uh but uh a growing group of the town especially the children of the town many uh, uh several in the front holding up various different what appear to be handcrafted models of snowbane's gift and saying mm. they're here they're here the facets the facets you're back we'll have a feast tonight but don't let it go to your head. We have one every night. Hawk <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, claps them on the back as well. Give them big old, big old hug. The height difference is not such so bad to make that awkward. Uh, he says, uh, "It's good to be back. That was uh, it turned out better than I could have expected." It was definitely better than uh, I'd hoped because we're all in one piece and we weren't. didn't see any weird cloud faces telling us who are we. I mean, the two jumps guess getting up here to put my knickers in a twist. (laughs) Did you meet any really cool dragonborn? (laughs) What an oddly specific question to ask. (laughs) We met a dragonborn. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> there were, uh, they were certainly companions. What helped us on our, on our road, instrumental in the crafting of the crown of the north, which I can tell you more of. And you see that mock. Two things noteworthy about its appearance. One, that He's kind of dressed more casually in, you know, 
more more cloth and leather than than metal. I mean, you really see Mock and have seen him for the past many months, basically wearing two sets of garb, either Durgeddon's armor or you know clothes and and weapons ready for battle, or basically at, at the 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 forge, like working at the at uh, at crafting, wearing his leather apron. But this <clears throat> is an occasion where, again, just like again, a heavy heavy wool <clears throat> dyed in kind of grays and you know dark blues, uh, some kind of like a leather tunic over over that, and then a prominent <clears throat> medallion, clearly marking the uh, his his restored status <clears throat> as a guild master in Waterdeep, and uh, you know those two really kind of uh, set a <clears throat> set a different kind of tone, which is. It matches his his upbeat optimism of the day. Scrimcorn sees the Scrimcorn sees this, the medallion, as he is observant. He says, "Ah, is that what you all went all the way to the coast for? You probably could have crafted one of those yourself." First prize of a beauty contest, again. Ah, must always go back to your hometown for the pageant. <laughs> Ah. Less than first place I'm not interested in. And I go where the judges are warmest. Though in this case, they were particularly hostile. And he looks to you all and he says, I appreciate your kind words. I, uh, it meant so much to me. And may have, uh, bent an ear or two in my favor for some uh, hard tales to be told. And he, uh, he reaches back, again, thank you to you, Bear, for making the long journey with me, but... I am glad to be back for there is more business, more serious matters to attend to. Aye. Well, the whole way you get your head right so we could, you know, when it came to it, you wouldn't be distracted about what ifs and could have beens. Have you been thinking much on the journey to come? The place here seems so peaceful. I'm wondering if you got lost in your vacation and are lacking uh, the resolve to press forward. Fairchild just kind of looks at him. <laughs> like... Rebels Lift is idyllic, I must say. Whoever designed this town must have been a, a planning genius. <laughs> <laughs> and the maps of it are so nice too. But... <laughs> No, we have a way back wherever we are. That teleportation circle. I'll now know how to get us back here. Whether we're in the Underdark or the West Coast, none may follow. It's truly a safe haven for us. Too safe. We can put down roots. I have this, uh... (laughs) I... I have this leviathan uh fish uh, thing. Ah. Uh, uh, that is it. What a beast that must have been what to slay. Be- oh yes. Is but, that a freshly caught fish or are you like smoking that? What what is the kraken? The kraken of it's Lake. It's a giant ass fish. I mean that's a I don't right, know, yeah. how big is this fish like. I think I forgot poundage. to mention that it's actually catfish because oh, it's yeah. called the kraken because of the giant catfish whiskers <laughs> so, but but the question is basically I think 
Caitlin, this is a catfish. You, was this that thing was turned into caught? a giant like fritter. Or was no, this... no, it was immediately, immediately devoured. But the but the skeleton has been lovingly Ooh. preserved. Uh. So there's this massive <laughs> catfish skeleton like over one of the buildings. I don't know like which yeah. one it is, but but she it's Wimp. nearby enough where she can gesture at, at like the skeleton. Yeah, well, there's old Squint, who's the uh, Where's the fisherman. Oh, in the woods, <laughs> she okay. she doesn't she 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 has not settled into like a building. These these it's just it's not. She's not hanging the the fish jaws over her tree that she sleeps under. I mean, it it wasn't. It, the the prize was more the getting it after you've got it is I mean you got to make sure everyone sees your trophy so you put it in like the the most trafficked area of the village wherever whoever will take it. Squid does have a fish or a few bones or something for your own personal collection, but you don't save the whole. I skeleton. mean, obviously you don't save the whole skeleton. That's just silly. Uh, but yeah, so. It, She's like got her own like fire pit situation somewhere, like keep her warm at, at night. Not that it really bothers her, but it's nice to just be in the more comfortable zone of coldness than the usual zone. Hmm. But there is a market we decided at that bridge that we're calling the crossing market. So that hmm. could be a good place for the fish skeleton because everyone crossing over from uh, Red Step to Lotus Glade would see it. Yes, let's do that. And also coming down the river from Hawkthorpe. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. See, that's logic. But, uh, Baron and Mark, <clears throat> while, while you've been gone, we've each of us have wasted no time, purposely or not, endearing <laughs> ourselves, I think, to the people of this community. You are just so work. endearing. <laughs> it is... Ah. <laughs> Hungry mouths make quick friends. We're having this conversation uh, out front of the wizard's tower is what I was <laughs> yes. gathering. Yeah, I mean, yes, it, yeah, it makes sense, right? Everyone. Friends talking and and people gathering and looking, but keeping kind of a respectful distance. Um, when someone steps forward, I'm just going to call on Kevin a lot to just give me uh, who would make sense in this yep. town. So give They're me someone. Friends. Give me someone that would. Uh, uh, Someone that wants to, uh, to 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 celebrate, to organize a celebration here. Um, yes. Uh, the person, Mr. Yes, so opening up my spreadsheet Mr. here. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, the the person who steps forward. I feel like Jonas Lamb. We we never really interacted with him the last two se- sessions. He was the original He's one the, that was the gave you the hospitality. Yeah, right? yeah. The merchant, the basically like the merchant king of Redstep. That's right. Uh, and I know that. And he speaks like a man who wears a cravat. That is the note that I made here. And it's his uh, house that Humphrey lives in, right? He's in a, yes, in a little, near that. He's near, near the uh, Silken Citadel. There, he's tall, olive skin, has long black hair treated with olive oil and perfume, set in the latest mm-hmm. styles. I am sorry, Kalen. That was an accident. <laughs> what the? Fuck? Got forebodingly dark oh, in here. Oh, hey, hey. There, hey. I fixed it. I fixed it. 
I sorry, I, I have the remote for our bedroom because I need to fix it and I was fiddling with it and I accidentally turned off lights. I'm going to put it where I can't reach it. Sorry, idle hands. L luckily, um. there are some lights that aren't affected by that, but I thought um. I was just not moving enough. So Greg can activate mood lights <laughs> with a remote. At, at the drop of a hat, just the Barry Manilow <laughs> comes on. Look, I never wanted the to be far from my fingertips. The candle's all Jonas, uh, <laughs> completely. Very personally. Jonas Lamb. Jonas Lamb steps forward. Jonas Lamb. Jonas Lamb. Jonas Lamb here. Um, I. I'm very pleased to see you have returned to our great, uh, our great town here, and that your journey, it's, uh, uh, judging from your jubilant moods, uh, must have been, uh, wildly successful. He steps forward to Mock, who he, uh, remembers as, uh, being one uh, to step forward and, and do the talking, and puts out a hand for the, uh, for the shake. Mock gives him the shake, and he says, Oh, I'm a few coins lighter, perhaps, than I would have preferred, but that was all uh, to to get done what needed to, and I'm 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 back to be with uh, my friends here. He says, "Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful! We have learned so much about you and your uh, and your incredible companions here from uh, from Master Green's uh, reliquary uh, in our town." He says, "As you can see," and he gestures to the crowd and says, "and says many are eager to meet you, to greet you, to see you, and to celebrate your return." I would like to organize. Uh, I would like to organize a uh, banquet. Banquet. A banquet. I would like to organize a banquet with our finest dwarven ale, of course, to uh, to celebrate such an occasion and to give the opportunity. Uh, he says, "I volunteer, of course, the uh, the ample-sized uh, uh, banquet hall of of my family uh, to host such an event. Should you agree?" Mark looks back to Bear and he says. Uh, Reaper, a feast cousin after all of those trail rations? What Grumbar was cooking on the way here? More than ready. <laughs> his music uh, is excellent, says, but his cooking leaves something to be desired. Uh, something, something that Scrim throws in the pot, too. I hope tonight. <laughs> Grumbar <laughs> stew Grim is the safest way to eat, as long as I'm... you don't care what it tastes like. I believe in our very first session of trying out 5th edition, we decided that Grumbar ate things whole. That was his thing. Because I, I think he had... A, uh, so his stew is just whole. Like whole he, he doesn't cut things up. Whole potatoes. Whole potatoes. Whole fish. It's stem. Important so nutrients stew. in there. It's a cartoon yeah. stew. Corn like, um, on the top. Carrots and onions, just not chopped, not processed, <laughs> just thrown in the pot and boiled for a while. <laughs> just open your mouth wider. <laughs> like how a child cooks. <laughs> uh, Eunice, uh, we'd be honored. And uh, uh, a night of revelry, I think, is in much order. How has the, the town been since uh, my cousin and I departed? All safe and well here in, in the lift? He says, oh, more than... More than safe and more than well with the uh, the 
uh, generosity, uh, uh, the generosity of spirit of your companions is, uh, rivals, uh, rivals the greatest heroes in all of the land. Says, says, they have helped our town in, uh, in various ways. And, uh, he says, stories, stories that have been told around, uh, around various uh, stories that have been told around every dinner table in uh, in the lift. Well, I'll, uh, I hope to make some contributions as well here in the coming days as we as we prepare for more. But I'm I'm just so pleased to be here. Thank you. And then he turns his back to mock and he faces the crowd and he says, "There will be a banquet," and the town claps and cheers and uh, uh, he says how about sponsored mm. by me uh, and he glances up at the sun and he says we'll do it tonight he says I must make preparations and says please please make yourselves at home is uh, uh, make yourselves at home in our lift here for this is your home for as long as you will have it wonderful uh he mock does turn down to Scrimmon and Oil and uh, Bear Dragon. He says, "Where have you been living? <laughs> it seems that there isn't an inch of space there in the Wizard's Tower that Drusen has left you. So I imagine you found your own accommodations." <laughs> and as as Mock's a- uh, asking that, starting that conversation, Yona Slam is walking away and he's saying, "Come, come, come!" And he's like kind of gesturing the people away from you and says, "We have a banquet to prepare for. I need chefs. I need entertainment." And he's just like, and people, he's like gathering people just from the uh, from the crowd in the street as more and more of a crowd is now following him, which you get the sense is the way he prefers it. <laughs> he's the king. <clears throat> Back to Mock's question to all of you. Well, I've, I've, I've got a farm now, up north. You remember You're the Hocklins? Yeah, the Hocklins. They were in uh, Oakhurst. They were huh. they they used to have a family here who left a long time ago when they left the farm unattended, and I know I merely set set out to uh, to restore the farm, but I think it turns out that I, I own it now. What? <laughs> An interesting turn of events. We oddly met some of other of their kin in another town off in the west coast. Oh, really? True. Oh, Halflings get around. They really do. Pretty good for someone with such short legs. Oh, yeah. Head off on adventures or something, I suppose. Hucklings. They must just do it quickly. <laughs> the only way to explain it. Like rabbits. Slingshot to a litter, a halfling litter. I think that's what they call it. Halfling litter. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it's good honest work, oil vein, and uh, congratulations on your your purchase. Oh, oh, thanks, thanks, Mook. You know, it's uh, it, I might be on over my head, but I'm looking forward to just digging down and working with my hands. Also, I'm a baker now Man. too. So. <laughs> a, a baker. He yeah. looks to scream a little bit at that one, and he's like, "Ah, more domestic than I would have thought." But uh, you elf brothers are uh, always bringing up a surprise. And what of uh, what of Scrim here? Bah, I think I saw you heading off into the woods with a certain look on your face when we departed last. I needed to 
clear my head. <clears throat> Get in touch with my roots. Stronger He's been making that joke a lot. <laughs> Stronger connection to the land. It is, uh, it's a, my head is clear now. Our future, I have no doubts. Because I have a little hut, a little mud hut over in Lotus Glade. If you'd like something similar, I could certainly whip it up for you if you prefer to be soggy at night. Mog looks a little bit up to the mountains and he says, uh, I'll let you know. I'm glad you found your path, Scrim. It, uh, long time coming. And I, we will, we'll talk more of such things over ale. I, tonight at this feast, but tell my, tell my kitchen crew they get the day off. <laughs> and Berja. Hmm. I, I have a year now. you for showing restraint. <laughs> leaving many of the trees here unfelled and the ri- and and the lake itself undrank by your by your g- great strength and hunger but it does beg the question of what you've been doing to occupy yourself here in these domestic times kind of gesturing a little bit to scrim and oil vein with their honestly pretty like quotidian lives at this point it is a little maddening i will say i have built a very large yurt out of elk bones and skins, which I have hunted myself. And I have broken many things that I have been told to break. This is this is good. I have caught a fish. <laughs> Points at the fish again. Like, clearly visible it. from a very long time. <laughs> yeah, <just> huge. <laughs> and then she kind of like cranes her head to like take a look at the painting. Which shows her defeating the fish in combat. She just, mm-hmm. That's There's always monsters. <laughs> Not nearly enough well monsters here. If I well hunger, met. it is for victory. If I thirst, it is for a challenge. It is good to have you back. Aye, aye. It's good to see you. Mm. She'll come see the yurt. It's pretty cool. Stories, more stories. Then, shall we? Get, shall we make our our way? Have this banquet. I'll out drink all of you, and then over again. Hi, <laughs> feasting and drink and stories and happy to be together again. And then tomorrow, maybe some work and see what's next. It sounds like we might be here a while, so I'm going to go tend to the ship, says Grumbar, as he starts walking back up the long spiral staircase of the tower. Tell Ethan to get ready for the banquet. He might get late again. I'll tell him. He'll be excited. <laughs> uh, is Tita around? She's here, too, somewhere, right? Uh, oh, God. Yes. Um... I haven't really thought about what she's been up to this last while. I don't think we covered her. She she's like a built vampire. a laboratory. She's a vampire <laughs> in the mountains. Called the Pale Shadow. Pale Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> she killed uh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> she's killed so many. Tita, uh, Tita joins you at um, 
Where do you settle in for the day, waiting for the banquet? You guys looking for a pri quiet time? You know, basically looking at Mock and Baron, uh, you know, someplace quiet yeah. to rest? You going, uh, you being in the public, uh, uh, seeing the people? So, flash forward. Yeah. Some of these sessions that we've had have been about, like, and, and Mock mentioned this, he's, he's heard about all these amazing things that my command. He wants to contribute to the lift as well. You know, he feels like he's maybe behind the curve a little bit. And so a lot of his efforts were more towards some issues with kind of the, the, the mining and the resources locally and his kind of, you know, critic, criticism of the state of the militia and, and, and what might be done to shore up local military defenses. And so Mock wants to be out and about and, and kind of sees himself as like, I got I to gotta take stock of what's happening here. Uh, his kind of, you know, uh, keen, keen eye kind of assessing the village for himself and saying hi to people is what he's thinking. Ah, uh, so he's 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 walking the town immediately. What about Baron? Baron's next thoughts are towards uh, now ba being back here and back from the West Coast. His next thought is heading down to the Pool of Souls and trying to remove the Dwergar curse from the dwarves. And uh, so he's actually kind of wanted to chat to like Justin and Taita and like there was talk of devising a counter curse and wanting to see what's what's progressing with that. And if he can contribute to those efforts at all. Uh, all right, then uh, let's see where a quiet spot in the tower. Wizard's would, Tower. Yeah, Wizard's seems Tower. Like would uh, there's sense. also actually a separate stone building that he had created from um with your wall of stone outside the wizard's tower that's what he was kind of using as his small reliquary while he was clearing things out so that's just kind of like an empty stone tower now that can be turned into kind of an, a little impromptu home uh during this week oh, or no. even just meeting place all right so uh heading there for some for some talk as Baron Baron wants to talk to Drustin and Taita is there immediately and says and says mm, welcome oh god I, I, I had a very specific voice for her that I was pretty practiced at but it's been it was so Lady long Silicon Valley yeah oh yes <laughs> okay thank you Baron it is Good to see that you've returned. I trust that. Uh, it says I expect that I can trust you to discuss the important matters at hand, rather than the triviality of crop yields and uh, mining efficiency. Uh, of course. But, you know, everything has its place, I suppose. So I've been told while sitting tight these three weeks. Well, you know, my cousin had to figure out this whole teleportation circle thing so that when we got down there, we'd have a means of getting back. But, yes, uh, yes. But it has been uh, it has been a couple days since that has been finished. How long has it been since the teleportation circle is done? Just recently, right? Yeah, just recently. Just recently. But we finished that all of two days ago, and no further progress has been made on our uh, quest of dire importance. I understand the fleshy body's need for what they call downtime, but I don't much share the same desires uh, in this vessel of mine. So uh, without further ado, let's talk business.
Aye. Uh, have you... You were the one who initially proposed this idea of coming up with a counter curse. Had you uh, made any progress towards its end? Well, you see, that's the question I actually had for you. <coughs> Whether I had made any progress towards its end? I would like you to tell me what you observed in your companion Mock during this journey of yours. He put together an impressive artifact, as I understand it. Is that correct? Aye. Very impressive piece of work. I would like to hear more about his, uh, what you observed during his uh, process of crafting such an impressive uh, piece of art and functionality and uh, an, an impressive an impressive piece, she'll just say. An impressive piece. Uh, tell me, what was it like? What did it feel like? Ah. Uh, Baron kind of recounts the, the events surrounding it, the many people working together with Mock, contributing their various elements towards uh, uh, pieces of its construction. Mm. Yes. This is what I had hoped might occur during your journey. I've had an assumption that it is your friend Mock that is going to play a significant role in the events that come. The weapon that we need to create to house the uh, to house the spell that I have been working on will require a uh, will require. A level of focus in the work that, if misaligned, could prove quite mm, explosive for all of us. And he says, I hope that this journey and its intention to clear Mock's head of these pointless distractions has been, uh, has been fruitful as it sounds like it may possibly have been i think our chance of success have been raised slightly from none to slim well that's encouraging i suppose mm, very encouraging it was quite a large uh, improvement since since uh his redemption uh in in water deep i would say his spirits are quite lifted so, and uh, I dare say he's never made a piece as impressive as the crown of the north, he was calling it. Yes, yes, uh, that is good to hear. I will need to factor this in as she uh, as she turns around, kind of opens up some of the books she's had uh, scattered about here. Drewston has allowed me to use this place to organize my notes as she's like flipping around. It says, Drewston, I'm gonna need that. Uh, I'm gonna need that tome of. Give me a name. Uh, cool book name. A treatise on. The songbirds. Conjurations of. The conjurations of songbirds from the fourth century. I, uh, 
Olga, can you help me? And Olga's up in the rafters and she just hoots mournfully, which means why don't you get your book back to help you? And And he goes and finds it himself. (laughs) One of your floozies. (laughs) Call them for help. Did Mock bring the uh, Durgaden's journal with him? Yeah, this is one of those things that, like, hasn't left his side the yeah. whole, like, the entire adventure. He, he like, has continued the habit of, like, wearing it within his armor. Um, he doesn't have it on him now, which, again, part of, like, the change in garb, change in demeanor. There's something yeah, a little bit different, but, like, literally wore the thing for basically six months. After your banquet tonight, I hope that uh, we can spend some time strategizing about the right approach. Mock is going to need to uh, be ready for the events that come. I would hope so. Now that we're all back together, we must strategize. Aye. And don't take all this on yourself. I know you're quite accomplished spellcaster, but myself and my cousin are, you know, no slouches when it comes to that sort of thing either, so let us assist you in any way we can. Ah, good. Please, grab those materials over there and that book here. I will show you what you need to do. And she just launches into it, uh, and if Baron stays there, that'll take all the way up till the banquet as she's uh, getting things organized with him. It's uh, it's Baron's main concern right now, so yes, he's eager to to, like, to see what's going on. Like the idea that Baron's like spent all this time going, you know, kind of away from the goal in some ways, at least you know directly. He's this is maybe the first time in a while he's gotten some like real significant. Okay, back on this. The day. Uh, Let's go to Mock a little bit. Um, so Mock's just, he's, he's taking stock of the place. He's looking for, he's, he's under- he's a tour, right? Like, like Grim and Oil and like Jerusalem, they're like men of the people at Bearjaw as well, like pictures of this. And so like a chance to just kind of see what's happening and kind of get his own feel for the place. Like, you know, I mean, I haven't had a place really to call home in a while. Uh, you know, he's a different different dwarf entirely that left uh, Citadel Adbar a long time ago and, you know, kind of reclaimed some some feeling of home and belonging in Waterdeep, only to turn around and head out the door. So, um, you know, ni- ni- nice to kind of be in a place where, where there's, there's such welcoming and, you know, kind of seeing all what uh, what his companions have to show him. So, yeah, he's he's en- he's en- enjoying the kind of the, the, the stroll, uh, maybe a little bit the the popularity in the scene a little bit. All right. <clears throat> the day, the day passes, our new arrivals get settled in. And as the, uh, and as the sun begins to fall low, uh, approaching the horizon, the horns are blown calling for the banquet the feasting to begin. This is no ordinary feast. Uh, and as Bairn and Mock and Oilvane, Aurora, Bearjaw, uh, Drustin, 
and Scrimcorn. There we go. I normally look at Dan's away from his computer. I look at people's faces to remind me of who's who. Um, uh, okay, who's the who there? <laughs> um, arrive at the banquet hall. They are ushered in, uh, uh, ushered in to the places of honor at the uh, at the table. This place has been made up not just with not just with one big uh, banquet table, but several throughout uh, uh, throughout this room in or this this huge hall in order to fit as many people as possible. And tables have been set up outside the hall for outdoor uh, outdoor feasting as uh, more and more of the town is. Is, uh, is arriving and uh, taking seat at various places throughout. Oh, I need uh, better music for this. Is participating with the wait staff. Uh, you know, delivering food to people, carrying around trays of. He really drinks. is Bill Murray. <laughs> is he also playing the piano and someone leans over and says I taught him his first lesson today 1369 is the fast jack 1369 doesn't eat or drink like it doesn't have a digestive tract it doesn't but does have he party that. it can't I mean I guess you could poison it and that way like through its skin mm. but there's no way to like ingest alcohol oh, but my father was a piano mover so I got some experience that way um, one three six nine's father was actually a piano. <laughs> um, <laughs> alrighty, and welcome, welcome to our uh, banquet today, and our guests of honor, the facets of fate. Uh, says uh, Scrimcoin claps because he's not sure if Jonas. he's supposed to when he's Jonas announced. Lamb. Jonas Lamb, and he says, please, please, uh, uh, enjoy, enjoy, have, uh, uh, have a, a first round of Dwarven Ale as, uh, as the servers come out and pour hefty, uh, hefty mugs of Dwarven Ale for each of the facets and then moving around the table for everybody else. Is this one of those things where dinner will be served to us or is the food like already out there? I think the food's already out there. Probably going so around on Mott spies a particular delicacy of interest. This place and Oil Vein's been telling them all about it. Like the wheat produced in kind of Hawkthorpe is of such incredible quality uh, and consistency that like the the baked goods, as he's also kind of uh, explained so many times, are just are just incredible. And so one of the local dishes leveraging some of this are these incredible like meat and vegetable pies. And the whole idea is to make the biggest pie possible and then have challenges of who can eat the biggest slice of that pie. And so they'll try to make pies that are like as wide as their table or as big. And Mock just sees one of these enormous like flat pies and just takes his ale, makes a beeline directly for that table to carve himself some of that pasty as well because the halflings of hawkthorpe are known for their massive massive pigs there is the the largest like roast pig uh, that you could they don't pig. eat their pigs they have huge pigs but they never eat them they never eat them 
They are companions. They're good. They're like horses. You don't eat your horse. Hmm. I mean, depends on the culture. The Hawklands. The Hawkins don't eat. They got established. What, what, what do they eat? What well, do they eat for for they eat for meat? Then? Vegetarians. Uh, they got fish. They got big rabbits. Big rabbits. That's right. <laughs> big rabbits. rabbits. I remember conies. Right, those are not riding rabbits. Of a roast pig. It is a giant rabbit. Rabbits are not pigs. <laughs> Don't be disgusting. They're for They're eating. Not. Is that why the Hawklands left so they could eat pig? Is that <laughs> <one>? <laughs> oh yeah, so the Hawklands on the west coast definitely here. started eating pigs. They're like, wait a minute, bacon is the thing. Eat flesh. It's so delicious. I'm some of this rabbit bacon. Live <laughs> <laughs> in exile rather than miss the sweet flavor of the pig belly. <laughs> what do each of uh, what do each of you see that particularly strikes your fancy? This is a banquet. I mean, they know a lot about all of you, right? Because Drustin's reliquary is all about just you know the everything all of your uh journeys and travels and uh and so what uh what do each of you spy on the table oh go for it dan by himself scooping up a double triple helping of pickled lily pads <laughs> confused at why no one else is fighting over this bowl <laughs> i don't i don't they just put it there just for i him. guess i got here first it's like lily Lily, uh, what should I call it? Crowd. It's like Lily it's Crowd. Lily crowd. Yeah. It's Lily just crowd. Lily Crowd. <laughs> it's like, that's just supposed to be decorative. Uh, yes. It's, it's, it's like eating potpourri. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drewston is drawn to the stuffed olive leaf from Red Step. There's stuff of various meats or ground nuts or olives or various herbs. But then they're oiled and shaped into different animal shapes. Oh, God. Yeah, like a snail, llama, and other things. Uh, Mm. Bearjaw is sitting at a table that's completely laden with every kind of meat that they have here. Like, it's just... it, but like huge. I'm talking like like haunches of animals, like Mm. some kind of like ribs but they're all still attached to the same rib cage so it's like this massive thing oh my god uh, you know like several different kinds of fish all laid out and then for and then she's got this bowl next to it which is just apparently it's it's mashed potatoes and occasionally she'll like dip the meat into the mashed potatoes and eat the mashed potatoes off the meat like it's a fork and then, and then, from <laughs> from the side, this animal head like pops out, and and then it's like this massive musk ox. So like this creature is like it's maybe like a six foot tall animal itself, and you just see her take the bowl of mashed potatoes, which has mostly been just completely ruined by her by her actions, and she just holds out the bowl of mashed potatoes, and this ox just starts devouring the bowl of mashed potatoes um, next to her and she scratches its its head affectionately um, it peeking in through the window or yeah yeah no 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 okay. like 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 it's just through the window here she kind of picked her spot very strategically so she can share squashed tubers with her pal with, the muskox yeah his name's chunk 
And he and he has like little decorated scrimshaw kind of horns. On 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 his like is I mean this it's a huge animal. Um, Amazing. It's very and, nice of it to let you carve on it. I mean, no one said she did it. Oh okay. But but it's this uh it's 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 they're they're friends now. Very cool. <laughs> the muskox. Uh, oh, oil vein. Uh, oil vein's been uh, he keeps gravitating to the blackberry pies. Oh gosh. He uh, he's. But whenever he goes there, there, well, he keeps getting recruited by Kevin. What's the name of Mother? The Mother Baker, Mother. Uh, uh, Thorn. Uh, let me let me look it up here. Real quick. Like the woman who owns the prominent baking house. Yeah, yeah. it is Vera Hawkroot. Yeah, he Ruth. keeps getting recruited by her to pass out pies. So he he keeps reaching for a pie and he's just about to eat it, but then he gets pushed <laughs> off and That's told to deliver more pies. So his pie, like his pie that he claimed for himself, is still waiting for him. It's sitting at his spot at a table not too far from the baked goods, but he just hasn't had a chance to eat it yet because he keeps being uh, pushed into work. So. Baron uh, sees something that he almost does a table take upon seeing it. It's some sort of like a meat thing covered in mushrooms and covered by a fine pastry. And he's like, Shroom loaf? But it is in fact not mushroom loaf because oh. it's under dark ingredients. Uh, this is something from the surface. But uh, he takes a slice and compares it to the dish that his uh, deceased wife once made for him long, oh. long ago. How does it compare? different. The underdark meat just has a very... It's like an animal that's lived its life in fear. And it just <laughs> <laughs> the fear adds a certain flavor. <laughs> can't be reproduced. Not enough terror. The stress juices from the stress. The stress is best. If you could use one word to describe the experience of living in the underdark, Shedding. living in fear is really perfect. Yes. <laughs> Just honest. Marbled with adrenaline. Yeah, seriously. Marbled. Ugh. Oh, amazing. He, he's taking a bite and he says, this animal led a too happy a life. <laughs> the comfort is bitter. Um, a bitter comfort. That was everyone, right? We got everyone's little snacky snack. Thanks, Eric, for kicking that off. I like that. Uh, Jonas Lamb says, please, Master Fohammer, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I do. Will you please regale us with the tale of uh, of your victory? Word has been spreading around the town that uh, that what you had set off to do in uh, in uh, off in the at the Sword Coast may have been met with a great success. Please, we'd love to hear it in your own words. And he says, "Fill this man's mug." And uh, someone comes by, more. Dwarven Ale, another variety this time. This is a brutal oh, last nine. week. Lightning fills that mug. 
It's a brutal last week of my month of sobriety. I will tell you that, guys. <laughs> Wish I had a beer right now during this banquet that we are having in our imaginations. This bud's for you. Uh, he says, uh, uh, of, of course, of course, uh, and stands up on the table, part of a meat pie in hand, part of an ale in hand, smelling the sweet scent of the potpourri placed on each table that Scrim continues to snack on as a salad, as if it were a salad. And uh, he says, he says, it is, it is a tale of victory, of good dwarven forging, and f- friendship and companionship. And he, he begins to tell a bit of you know, he, he, he starts actually more honestly than you might think. And uh, telling a little bit of kind of his dark past that brought him to Revel's Lift. Mark has decided that, uh, you know, again, a, a putting on airs and being kind of, you know, a, a positioning himself to be To be kind of a a uh, a, a, a well perceived high class individual, you know, position to make a bargain. Uh, so much of the interaction with pubic pubis and the, the <laughs> posturing, the posture that happened there, and that he was he was victim of. Uh, it just there, there's something that was unsatisfying, and so he he tells a little bit about kind of his dark road that brought him here, and. Uh, the honor that he sought to reclaim, re, re, uh, and uh, and then he uh, he calls for for uh, Baron to talk to to speak about the uh, the crafting of a, of, a, of a new metal, and Mach maybe holds up a ring made of some of this remaining ore, a small sliver and a small reminder, kind of holding it in the firelight. He talks a little bit about some of the. Uh, yeah, he 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 talks of it of an incredible, you know, uh, like dwarven kind of uh, crafting rhythm, and then uh, and calls for Grumbar to just pound it out on the table for a little bit, you know, bringing bringing some of the uh, the the ruckus and the and, and the din from the crafting, uh, you know, back to to bear on uh, on the party, and uh, then regales, uh, you know, a, a bit of the splendor of Waterdeep and how. You know, in the end, uh, despite kind of villainous intents to to rob me of that which I had earned, we were we were victorious and reclaimed reclaimed both a, the, the the business of of Hawks Regalia, the kind of the the honor of Barvik the Crafter, and uh, you know the I guess I would say the uh, the confidence to return here with head held high for great things which are to, to come for the facets of fate and surely rebels lift the uh the, the the hosts of our of our of our party <clears throat> i would like uh mock to roll a performance check to Ooh. see how how the nope. story pleases the crowd mind if could I, I could i request while i am scrimcorn but it sounds like Grumbar at least contributed some kind of assistance with the 
the music along with this story, would that constitute an aid? If we had put it in... Was, was Grumbar here? Was that You didn't mention it, right? Yeah, you did. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. I'm Grumbar's sorry. at the feast. I, I assume that I had like, him. Yes, had yes, him he is. He is. He, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm sorry. My mind is scattered today. Um, then, uh, yeah, do with advantage. But either Greg, you have to roll it. Because oh, you're Grumbar. I, I, I'm, I appreciate I'm Grumbar it. now. <laughs> I was thinking of somehow working in a, a recasting of the Zone of Truth, but at a party, no, no one wants that shit. <laughs> it's it's not, not necessary. <laughs> Stories are better with just a tiny bit of embellishment yeah, I'm tell exactly. a story and i need everyone to sign this contract that says you won't lie while i'm telling it. <laughs> all right uh here we here we go uh performance it is uh virtual tabletop not found let's see you just type refresh this oh oh yeah you have to you have to click the the plugin button while you're in the foundry tab once to ah. initiate the connection um let's see where do i got that button you know uh, if it's Chrome, it can hide it behind a little drop down in the top right. Looks like a puzzle piece. Uh, or just right type. Or, left. or you can just do a slash 1d20. Good old 1d20. Mine says Dan with Grumbar right. in brackets. You know? Um, yeah. We'll fix that later. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh, a 7 and a 4. Not, not, that, not that strong. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> look, Mock, Mock arrived after long travel, and he didn't go get rest or anything. He, like, continued straight to business. This is kind of the end of a long day. <laughs> he, uh, he gets really rambling a little bit. This is after a couple of pints, which might be one of those things where when you hear a story, sometimes you walk away going, oh, man. The thing, is, the thing is, yeah, like, the crowd is here to is is here to hear mock. So like, people are like, yeah, they're enthralled, they're clapping. It's just you know, it, it's it's not anything. It doesn't. It's not elevated beyond that. But you know, people are entertained as it's a great story. That, that that's it. We kind of you know, he plays kumbaya on the guitar as many people have played before, and people like that song, so they yeah. listen to it. We're like, we and know then, what that sounds like, and we like hearing it, and that was enjoyable. It. At the end, someone leans over and you just hear them be like, what's a grumbar? <laughs> I don't understand. I think they listen to the speech and they're just waiting for you to eat a giant slice of that meat pie now. <laughs> That's what they're waiting hi, for. Hi, 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 distracted. Mock concludes his tale and uh, returns, returns to the banquet. Please. Please enjoy some of your food as uh, it says, as we have a treat for you. And he gestures and uh, walking in the room, followed by uh, uh, walking into the room is a um, uh, a human woman, short and skinny, curly hair, wearing very nice clothing and jewelry. And by nice, just like perfectly in fashion. Just like, like right on that, like fashionable, but even you can tell other people are going to be wearing this next month. Classy and trendy. Yeah, exactly. As, uh, as she walks in and gestures and he says, introducing Lyria, the silk singer of Red Step. Uh, he says, she is here to perform a poem uh, a series of poems for you as entertainment while you uh while we enjoy our feast 
And I'm going to have Kevin take it away uh, with some poetry of Red Step. I'm putting you on the spot. A random poetry check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she looks around and her eyes fasten on a member of the facets. Who does she look at? I think she should look at Oil Vein. Oh. He was just about to f- start eating his pie. Very, very turned in hand. Well, well, oh, no, oh, and, and flanking, flanking uh, Lyria, that's her name, uh, flanking Lyria are two what uh, what must be assistants. Well, uh, well-dressed, but with parchment and quills ready, uh, uh, ready to write. She looks at... That's freestyle. Oil vein. And takes a deep breath and the crowd just goes... Oh, hang on. The crowd goes silent and so does the musical performers. Says... uh, Blackberry, said I. Thing of Thimbleberry. I was a Thimbleberry and you a blackberry i discovered the golden rods that unimus unimus poppling the hummingbird moth brought such such sorrow back into my memories sulfuring and the hackberries never mantling Death shall bring hickory. Then she bows. <laughs> just, yeah! Amazing! Yeah. Oh, 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 what was she talking about? Like, how am it's, I supposed to respond to this? It's and he just so on. <laughs> you just get served? <laughs> yeah, no, are you supposed no, fight to her with the words! It's he word looks at the pine first. For some reason, his appetite is gone. <laughs> and then she takes a seat uh, uh, at uh, an empty chair as her assistants uh, simply stand behind her. They were they were scrawling out uh, as she was uh, as she was yeah. performing. They're making copies the... to sell after sell. the feast tonight. <laughs> uh, I got a table yes. out in the front. In fact, uh, uh, in fact, what it is is one of them. Uh, one of them writes it up and then like kind of rolls it up, puts it in in uh, uh, in a scroll, puts it on the belt. But the other one, uh, uh, the other one holds it up and just kind of is like quietly, respectfully moving around the table and uh, and saying, "Silent bid, silent bid, silent bid." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and several of the like royal uh, uh, the the more the more upper class uh, members of Red Step here at the prominent positions of the table uh, each uh, like nod and kind of uh, and speak to him giving him the bid as she walks around the table and comes uh, comes to you and says would you like to uh, would you like to place a silent bid on uh, on an original copy of this performance? Uh, Drewson looks over at Mark and says, I'm afraid I'm all out of gold. Ah, Cousin, you will not believe this, but I had to spend all that was in me pockets and some of what was in Bearjaws to finalize that ritual. I'm down to the price of a single use of incense. (laughs) 
<laughs> He's like back oh! in the old days. Well, uh, cousin, we're, we're all in each other's pockets these days, and I have a debt to you also. Uh, you know, uh, I only travel so lightly, and he hands him a, a, a bag of, of you know, s- several, several gold pieces. Uh, however much, however much Drusen, or Kevin thinks should be in there. Um, Mox still got a couple thousand on him. You know, any less would be disrespectful. Disrespectful <laughs> of his station. A, I think a hundred gold is what Drusen needs here. Add it to your sheet. So is Drusen, wait, wait, is Drusen, he took a hundred gold from Mock, is he silent bidding a hundred gold? Yeah, that's, I hope, that's next, yeah. It better. Yeah, he's keeping uh, uh, 80 of it and putting 20 of it in the the silent bid. So it's not a great (laughs) poem for the reliquary. Great poem. And was like, just oh. after, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I got stag skull. You sell it for You're silent bid. <laughs> He's not good at silent bidding. No. He's very bad at it. In fact, stag skull. I'm sorry. We only much- take uh, imperial coin. <laughs> not your rebel skull. I would watch stag out. Skulls. I would watch out with how she's gesturing with that stag skull. Yeah, it, it, she's got it by the antler, but the other antler is is gesturally dangerous. She goes, oh, well, it just knocks over like some several things off the table. Baron leans over to the person. She's like, I tried to get it for you, Oil Vane. (laughs) What empire? (laughs) And one of the uh, one of the Red Steps people says, "Uh, that's just what they like to call gold. It makes them sound fancier. Says It's a Red Step thing. Oh, it means it means coinage that they recognize as valid. It's a between, bit between, <laughs> between Baron and this uh, uh, other other attendee of the of the banquet. Scrimcorn leans in and says, "Did you understand what she said? I don't, I don't really get it." I think it was uh, a my proposal. I, my daughter was doing some of that some decades ago. I think it's a phase. Drusen wiping a tear from his eye. And he says, You have no ear for beauty, Scrim. <laughs> Scrim goes ends up and claps and says, Good phase. <laughs> Good phase. <laughs> <laughs> and looks to Baron like, Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Oilving leans over. Was she making fun of me? Was that what she was talking about? She's. Do you feel made fun of? I don't know what I feel. (laughs) Maybe you're hungry. (laughs) He looks at the pie again and reconsiders. (laughs) Oh, let's use that one. Oh, Eric's performance worked. We got you back, Eric. Yeah, we do. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, just. Yeah, just weird VTT stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't worry about it. I- I'm with us. You're good. You're good. <clears throat> so, as the uh, uh, as the discussion of the uh, poem is winding down, and uh, Jonas Lamb 
stands up again and he says and next and then there is a crashing noise just clattering of uh clattering of cups and dishes right in front of you all specifically in front of mock uh, uh, a cup goes uh, flying at him, spilling uh, spilling dwarven uh, ale all over uh, the front of Mok's armor. Food has sprayed left and right. Each of you has got a little bit on you. And it takes a moment in the commotion to see what has happened. But on the table, right in front of Mock, displacing uh, a bunch of the food and drink that was right there, is a large quiver that was not there moments ago. Like a very large thing that holds arrows? Like a very large thing, like a large quiver that could hold, uh, that, that could hold, you know, uh, uh, that could hold arrows or even, uh, or even, you know, pole arms, you know, that kind of thing. Like a, yeah, that, that kind it, of quiver. Yeah, it's a large quiver. Like Eric or Mock recognizes this or perhaps anyone, but Mock recognizes this as Zolmar's quiver that you had found in Zolmar's study or Zolmar's a uh, uh, secret hideout if you remember the time wizard oh um, yeah the time Zolmar. wizard of skyclave uh there was a quiver there that mock had been messing with and uh uh none of you have seen it since then and only mock uh knows what he uh what exactly happened the last time he saw this quiver for those of you with what is Mock's decent what, insight? Yeah. For, for those of you with decent insight, uh, you see that Mock is looking, he looks, first of all, some, like a little like surprised, and then like looks at his clothes and looks back at this quiver and then starts looking a little sheepish. <laughs> uh, like he kind of sees it and like his head goes down, starts scratching his head. And Everyone else around. at the banquet is just silent. They're all just staring okay. at Mock now. <laughs> Bummer. Like he was like, maybe no one saw this, and I can just <laughs> maybe handle no this. No one noticed. But like, with a, very unfortunately, this kind of coincides with a lull in the party due to terrific poet poetic delivery, and so things are a little calmer, a little mellower. Maybe if it was earlier in the party where there was a lot more carousing and toasting. Like, he could have done something, but, like, it's just kind of quiet. And so he's just sitting here covered in meat pie because he's really much just locked himself into that table where he got his slice. He's covered in meat pie and dwarven ale. And you kind of hear him just, like, under his breath, kind of take it and start toweling it off as best he could and say, oh, uh, that's, that's where I put that. And, like, puts it under the table, kind of at his feet, and... uh Goes back to eating some of his pie and uh, kind of casting glances around and hoping he's like, oh, uh, some more ale here to, to clean these these stains off Drusen's my tunic. pretty observant. And uh, he says, oh, 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 Zolmar's <laughs> quiver? What has been your business with this, cousin? Zolmar's what? Ah, uh, cheers, cheers. Uh, cheers. Good, good, Drustin. Come join me at the table. Let's have more more Talk. stories of these past months. Uh, diverting attention and hopefully kind of, you know, turning people back towards their own conversations. I don't know if this works or not. 
Uh, but, uh, gi let's let's give a uh, give a. It's persuasion. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's do that. Give us a give us a persuasion roll here. He has to come back. Don't worry, he'll he'll do it. He'll, oh, don't bad talk to him. Don't do it. His cursor moved around on Foundry. Is he gonna roll? Maybe he can spell. What I, he's I bet to he's say. using Discord in a web browser. Could be. And so he's changing he, like, tabs. It's a guess. So when okay, he goes to roll on Foundry, point to the the silk groves if you can hear us. Upside down. Oh look at that! He can hear us for sure. Yeah. We have Eric back. There we it's, go. This, it's this weird thing where I click on the tab for Foundry and like my Discord gets fucked with for a second, for just a second. It's weird, but we're okay. I'm just not yeah. gonna navigate off the tab. Um, so you open roll. a new window. I think that's. I think that was a trick. Like open a different window if you need to use other browser things. Oh, just put it in a separate window? Yeah. yeah are you using tab. Discord in a web browser or are you using a Discord application? Application. Oh, okay. Um, well, then, I, then I'm but, at a loss. But I'm going between tabs in the same window, and yeah. Sam's saying I think make my own window. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, right. So. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we just lost him again, but just we got the roll. Banquet. Well, it, it, he rolled we a three, you, and in a few seconds after Eric disconnects and reconnects again, we'll... We'll get his uh, result, but and we lost Kevin Cobb. What? Oh no! I'm gonna use the bathroom. Who will be next? <laughs> okay. Oh no, it's Sam. <laughs> Going full Boo Radley over there. <laughs> uh, well, oh with a with a three, I think we can be pretty confident that uh, Mark Everyone will have to explain himself. So it's an unfortunate situation. For him. I put the poem in Slack. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. it if that doesn't poem. get written, if that doesn't get written out on a piece of parchment with like calligraphic writing, I would be, so, be so disappointed. No, and it's gotta be like illuminated with the gold paint. Mm -hmm. Alright folks, sorry, I don't know what happened there. Like everything just crashed. Oh, it so. looks like Kevin Cobb's screen froze. Did Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> you, I believed I you. you. I got you. Oh, it needs it's to. It's like. Okay, I'm getting back into. Did, really did you guys see my three got rolled? Uh, yes, we did. We did, we did, see, the we did the see the three. So. Damn it. Uh, Never works in yes. my favor. These fuckers. So. Oh. <laughs> and and. Uh, Jonas, uh, Jonas, who had stood up, like, and was just about to, like, introduce the next thing, and he says, Master Foehammer, Master Foehammer, it seems you have another story for us. <laughs> Ma Ma just puts his head down and says, Ugh. And, uh, wow. Just like, I can't hear, wow. the mu I can't hear over the music, turn down the people's playing. <laughs> While Mock is newly becoming more comfortable being, you know, perceived more honestly as not the always the most upstanding person, someone who's working on his reputation, he, he he very much dislikes to be seen as incompetent. That is that is a continuing kind of theme that hasn't changed over time. And he, he like 
He he turns to Drustin and kind of whispered and he says, Drustin, help help me out here. I was I was fiddling with it the day after, and I think I said I thought it disappeared for good, but I think I sent it to myself in the future. And he he like shows you the the quiver, and it has a few dials on it. I would imagine someone as gifted as Drustin. This is exactly the kind of thing that you're like, oh. Here's what you did, you idiot. Whereas Mach accidentally pushed the wrong buttons and essentially sent this thing to himself in the future. Greg, maybe you can tell they are, Rustin what this does. The the the, the runes, uh, uh, the the little mechanism on the side is. Drewster recognizes it immediately. Oh, it's an, it's like an old wizard's trick uh, that you can. It's a way of writing a, kind of a, a formula, you know, uh, you know, numbers, a way of representing data. In this case, time, uh, a delta in time from now, in a way that's kind of cheeky and unique to each wizard. But anyone who's kind of studied this, it's like it's like rot thirteen or or. Yeah, and Trusin has specifically studied Zolmar's magic in his notes. Yeah, yeah, and Zolmar was a fan of using these. uh, Zolmar was a fan of using these kinds of ciphers that aren't actually difficult. They're just like it's like what you do as a kid when you're like, oh, it's neat. You can do letter replacement, and so it's like not to keep anyone out. It's just because he clearly liked that, Um, and so it was nonsense to Mark, who didn't know to look for this. But Drusen sees it and like, yeah, after he's like, eh, okay, I get it. And you can see, yeah, it's it's a way of, uh, of uh, indicating a time in the future up to one year by, by combining sort of like that. two little things. I can see Zolmar uses this to mean a month, this to mean a day. And he explains the mechanism. It's really quite it. childish and rudimentary. Uh, Mock <laughs> says, ah. Uh, Standing up with a little bit of a clue from Justin says, Hey, uh, uh, a delivery uh, to myself to honor this occasion. Uh, <laughs> he says, uh, he says, let's see what we what we received. <laughs> Reaches in there. What's in it? What's in there? What, what did Mock, what did Mock, put in it before it disappeared like back then he was like messing with it yeah. seeing if it like fits whatever you know obviously right. not one of his like super important things but what what thing or things did he put in it before he, it disappeared? he just put in a couple arrows and i think some of like the loose coins that were maybe there uh <laughs> like he put the arrows in and like they just like disappeared so he's like oh what else more and so i think he just grabbed like some coins that were there and like maybe like like, whatever, a shirt. Like, put some odd stuff in there. Is there anything other than the dross that he inserted into it months ago when this was found? Uh, uh no, no, I don't think so. I don't have anything. So he pulls out this <laughs> old wizard shirt that smells pretty musty, and <laughs> as well as, like, a few gold pieces, and he no, says... Wait. An old Goodberry. <laughs> and, and an old Goodberry. Well, it's says, a raisin. It's a no, raisin it's still now. Fresh. It's still fresh oh. because it, no time has passed for it. Oh. Was it ever fresh, though? But it's I mean, yeah, fresh, that, fresh that, for a Goodberry. It's like a Goodberry that was conjured <laughs> this morning. 
<laughs> and Mox says, uh, uh, get gifts to honor the founder of the feast. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's trying to kind of play this off in some sort of way, but it's just, it's a very awkward scenario and situation. A good berry is literally the worst gift to give someone who has a feast, running <laughs> yeah. a feast because it's going to fill them up. Yeah. And then they're not going to want to eat, but it doesn't taste good. No. It's everything <laughs> you, you can't don't want say no because it would be rude. Do. Like, here's a delicious feast. Would you like to fill your stomach first with something disgusting? Yeah, eat this, <laughs> eat this bowl of cauliflower and then you can have some pizza. Um, and so, like, Ma kind of, like, lays them on the table, like, offer as some sort of explanation, and then just goes back to his food. Like, this is, this is, a, this is an entirely unexpected interruption, and he would prefer just to be moving on with the night. Broomcorn leans over to Ma and says, You're screwing this up for us. <laughs> that time your voice got suppressed. Ah. You're screwing this up for us, Bohammer. He said, maybe just another ale and we'll turn it towards the better. <laughs> uh, Jonas Lamb, he's a showman. He likes uh, he likes doing this. He only skips a beat uh, uh, with this and he says, he says, Oh, lovely, lovely surprise uh, uh, for us all. uh, Full of surprises, even after all that we have learned and heard. It says, what what a glorious gift and surprise for our banquet today. And then, like, his gaze just lingers on Mock for, like, just a second as, like, his eyebrow raises. And then he, like, continues, like... Yeah, Mock kind of gives it... There's clearly a double (laughs) meaning to this gift that he does not understand. Something profound. Tr- truly. What is uh, the symbolism of the arrows? Zolmar's delivery is a magic item uh, that uh, Mach now has and actually knows how to use. Um, and it can be used to uh, c- to hold, you know, weapons and, and such that can fit in the quiver and sent into the future to reappear at the, essentially the owner's, right in front of the owner. <laughs> Uh, whether it is a banquet table or uh, something else uh, at a specified point again. Getting weapons past guards the item. Uh, that's good. Oh. I didn't think about that. Whatever you can do without for a certain amount of time. Yeah, you can lose something for a predetermined <laughs> says, I want to see the future, and he dives into it sets it for me. <laughs> Just a year later, though. It, it only goes up to a year. Mock needs to, uh, before any night of reveling, he just needs to send it, like, four hours into the future so he can get it in the jail cell. That's right. Like, I don't know, a, a pot of black coffee, and <laughs> I don't know, uh, maybe a towel a or Oh, good. See, I was thinking the opposite way is that we're going to be giving drunk Mock his head shaver while he's in the jail cell. I'm like, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I, I was I'm thinking something more, more curative. I'm busting than... out of here. Well, I was thinking, damn. I was like, yeah. How'd he get that in here? Lockpicking Why would he have that? Head shaver. That would make a better story for sure. All right. Neat. Um... 
The banquet continues. Does anyone else uh, volunteer a story or uh, uh, or or a gift for or a gift for the uh, for the banquet here in Revel's Lift? Scream doesn't have a gift, but I do want to do a scene basically towards the end of the banquet, just with some party members. Darren is cash poor. He spent all his coin on diamonds. You have cash though. Like Mox coin is your coin. I all thought coin- you all your coin though. No, uh, he came back with two thousand, about, uh, because he made some coin. I think during the bar- during the barbic thing, and basically had had he had his individual coin uh, that wasn't like breaking even when he was given more, and then he additionally got more coin from Scrimcorn. It was last week or the week before. The timeline is blurry on it, but yeah, yeah, the timeline is blurry. But like, there's cash to be had if there's if you have cool ideas. Adventurer money is a tiny fraction for us is a big deal for civilians. Hmm. A bit further into the banquet, Jonas Lamb says, the results of our, uh, the results of our silent auction for, uh, for the official transcript of the original, uh, original poem from the, uh, from Lyria, the silk singer of Red Step, has been uh, is in, and he grabs a little piece of parchment from one of the assistants that hands it to him, and it says, "And it is Drustin Green with a very generous twenty gold." And it says, "You honor us. You honor our house." And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Lyria stands up and does a very kind of exaggerated curtsy and uh, and sits back down, not speaking a word. Scrim stands up and says, "That's twenty gold imperial." <laughs> and then the <laughs> the side of the table that is the most like hoity-toity, clearly like uh, uh, elite of uh, Red Step, they each just raise a mug and say, "Here, here." <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes. Scrim getting in with the, uh, <laughs> or what are dresses, I should say, getting in with the, uh, the high and mighties. Uh, getting into the high society here. I like to civilization and all the fruits. <laughs> Scrim's like, what have I become? <laughs> to currency. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed. I've changed. All right. Give me one second here. I, I had a question. Uh, yes. This is maybe a time where, how well are the Hawklands and the Genasi and the humans of Revels Lift kind of mixing and and participating together in this in this event, which you know is is kind of a, it's so it, this clearly is all encompassing for the town, um, but there are clearly kind of different barrows that that uh, kind of lend themselves to the different groups so wh- how do we see the townsfolk interacting and and uh, and and enjoying time together it's a good question um, I would think it's it's primarily human inside this place but it's a smattering uh, uh, but it's a smattering of the various uh, parts in fact um, it's a uh, it is, there is a pair of gnomes that get up from the uh, from mm. one side of the table and uh, and say we would like to present a gift to uh, uh, to the facets. Ooh. 
and uh, they uh, hold up a carved stone tankard. It looks like it holds about one pint. Hmm. And uh, um, place it in front of uh, place it in front of the group and say a gift for you all. It says Grim. for honoring our town with your presence and prosperity. Bears to the yeah to the dwarves wants to use his racial ability stone cunning to get a yes. history of this mug. <laughs> he says it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um. Yes. Before you make an intelligence history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in history and add double your proficiency bonus to the check. It's painted quartz. It's worthless. Okay, roll a check. Roll the check. Uh, roll a check with your double proficiency bonus, which I don't think is uh, an easy way to do that in Foundry, so just do it manually. I What the hell is my proficiency bonus? Yeah, I don't know. It's four. <laughs> it's four for everyone. Oh, is it, is it four, always okay. four? It never goes up? Yeah. yeah That's right. Up, but... Wizard's got a numbers guy. I'm just yep. going to roll proficiency and consider to add an eight to this roll. Perfect. Did it do it? Yep, you got it. It's a 19. Um, Baron can see um, this is a this is a fine uh, a, a fine carving, but uh, there's something extra here that Baron notices in the uh, in the I don't know the right words for stonework. Uh, in the, you know, in the chisel marks, stonework, the, the stonework, and but not just that, but the actual properties of the stone itself. Ooh. He can see that this seems to have taken on a magical enchantment. Um, uh, mm. That this is not just uh, this is not just a standard tankard, but uh, there is some magic at work here as well. Um, this was uh, you can tell that this is this is a tankard. Uh, carved with a purpose and he uh, you know he can see the kind of the emotion the energy the intent that was you know carved into this dwarven drinking games gnome pranks these are uh, these are what is sort of carved by intent into this tankard um, by uh, by a set of skilled hands does Baron, Baron turn lift. the page of the tankard to see what's on the second page don't read it what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Tome of the Fire Lord. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> tankard of the Fire uh, Lord. Baron lifts up the tankard and says, Clearly, this is uh, no mundane treasure. Uh, what is the effect of this uh, fine item that you have bestowed upon us? It says To the person who placed it on the table. It holds beer. About a pint, says the other one. Exactly a pint. Uh, There's two gnomes. Two gnomes, um, and they are barely suppressing giggles. Hmm. You should drink from it, cousin. Aye. You would honor drink. us, says one of the gnomes. Drink Bear. from it. <laughs> Dressed in his full regalia as a cleric of Morden. And seeing the sort of flavor of the room, decides to go along with the jape, whatever it may be. It's so poison. Yeah. It's, he's <laughs> dead now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, and he asks, "Ale," <laughs> as he calls out for the waiters to fill his mug. Uh, how how would uh, Baron have this mug filled? Would he uh, place it on the table and have it filled, or would he hold it up and have them pour it into his hand? What kind of man is Baron? Uh, he's he's going to keep on holding it for this, for this moment. Because this is about the mugs. So he's going to continue to hold the mug as it is filled. All right. One of the uh, uh, one of the server uh, staff comes over and pours some of the dwarven ale uh, into the tankard. Please roll a strength saving throw. Strength <laughs> saving throw. Yes. Amazing. The gnomes, as the as the person starts pouring the beer, they're giggling. Their barely suppressed giggling is less suppressed. Their unsuppressed giggling becomes just giggling. <laughs> yes, yes, it's just becomes Abraham giggling. Abraham sends his regards. <laughs> is that a is that a seven? Have all seven, the ale you can drink. Is a seven <laughs> saving throw as the uh, uh, as the beer pours. Uh, pours in just in an instant as soon as it hits the halfway point suddenly the weight of the tankard is uh uh uh, just slams down on baron's fist and it slips out of his hand and slams to the ground with a thunderous thud and one of the gnomes says what's the matter can't hold your liquor Baron the greatest in a, and the, the, our laughter erupts around the table. <laughs> we're making Baron, look like we're looking like fools. So long. <laughs> uh, than a joke at his expense. <laughs> so it is a ha ha ha. <laughs> there is the okay, laughter no. does not reach his eyes. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> And then the gnomes, through giggling, just says, "You honor us, you honor us," and head back to their uh, side of the table. The tankard still on the floor. This is a town of practical uh-huh. jokers and poets. This is Nothing almost as, around here. This is almost <laughs> as funny as how few gnomes there are in this town. <laughs> oh. We're the last of our people. <laughs> Uh, speaking of everybody, I uh, greatly apologize for this, but I am going to bow out early. I am falling asleep where I am sitting because mm. work is insane right now. Uh, but keep playing, please. I'll join in again. Justin <laughs> dies. <laughs> Justin dies. <laughs> Justin <laughs> passes out. He is crushed. <laughs> by heavy tank. The, the, the mug <laughs> falls on him, kneecapping him and crippling him for life. <laughs> After a bit of quick experimentation, Baron or whoever tries can just feel that the tankard weighs about 50 pounds when filled with uh, when filled with uh, the ale. You know, heavy enough to drop, but you can hoist it back up onto the table Mm. and drink from it. Like, a bag of concrete weighs about 100 pounds, but it's big enough that you can wrap your arms around it 
holding something that's small that weighs 50 pounds is actually like a, you have to like probably get your legs into it. You, just, you gotta get your hands <laughs> underneath it. It's like don't hold it by the handle, it will dig into your skin. I mean, I've seen like like a big 50 pound bar like bar like a dumbbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, it's a hefty that's, thing. That's that's not casual to move around. Oil vein looks at their job. And gesture. <laughs> Baron called for the royal knuckles. <laughs> I've heard Bearjaw's a heavy drinker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this was built for her. <laughs> only the fastest <laughs> life <laughs> left. Only, <laughs> only the sole purpose for Bearjaw is to help her flex while drinking. No, flex. except the worst so part, if you're goes strong goes enough to drink from it, as soon as you drink half, the weight goes back to <laughs> you nothing. You can't you you your own <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the night, all you can't wait. Just, <laughs> her teeth are just chipped. chipped. She's fucking awesome. Oh, uh, come on. Can... can we get at least like a dex roll to see if that happens the first time that Bear John does that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys um, should okay. uh, write down this. Someone should write down the ownership of this item. It is called the Lodestone no, Tankard. My... Bear John's the only one qualified to drink from this thing. Uh, I don't have the, the thingy. I can't. Uh, I don't have the thingy to like pull from here, so I'll have to do it from. Uh, Is D and D Beyond? Yeah, D and D Beyond. Um, okay, so it's a save or deck save. save? Deck okay. save. Here we go. Oh, it didn't send, did it? Yeah, did you, it have send? To, you have to. You have to. You have to hook it up in the foundry tab first. Oh, thing. Well, I got. I got thirteen. So oh, it rolled in, in in there. Yeah, 13? it just rolled in here. <clears throat> Not amazing. <laughs> Not amazing, but you know, you know what was coming. And uh, uh, and how, how how does Bearjaw how does Bearjaw drink from this grace, you know, gracefully ish? Gracefully ish. Uh, forget it. Doesn't have to be graceful. How does she um, drink from this? Passing she she the tips it. She tips it completely upside down. <laughs> so as, the more she drinks it, the more upside down it gets. So when it finally gets lighter, she kind of accidentally like throws it across the room. <laughs> it's embedded in the ceiling. Our it's corner so of the party cool. is like kind of a shit show. <laughs> it's fantastic. Things She's having the best flying. time. Food's getting splattered. Bearjaw thought it was going to be a boring banquet. She was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I might have to bail, but no, this is great. Wayne was like, oh, there's a lot of damage from this banquet. <laughs> exactly. I'm so we glad they came back. The crowd is reacting just uh, just so positively to each of these developments, though, and uh, Muck and um, I mean, several of you, that, especially that can read people, Baron, Muck, you can see Jonas Lamb, he knows how to play the crowd. He knows how to build on the energy that is already growing. And, uh, He's and an MC. as the evening as the evening grows on, Jonas just deftly maneuvers, clearly not uh, away from perhaps what a plan would have been, but he keeps it going that direction. The party gets louder. The party gets messier, and uh, and the party gets rowdier as uh, as the evening goes on. And it's a big hit. It's clearly for whatever reason what everyone needed tonight really came together oh. all started Dude. with that quiver exploding the food on the table <laughs> uh yeah Jonas, man like what an mc that's that's amazing excellent scrim you had something though right yes 
Do you know what's like part of the after party? The uh... yeah, like maybe I don't know. Can, can, are we at the point where Dan can set the scene? I kind of want to. Uh, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, What's Should the scenario that happens? Or... Where do we end up? Yeah, this is um. Is this the right this energy. Is, uh, maybe not in the house of Jonas Lamb, but this is a little bit the uh, the after party. I'm not gonna say the after mm. after party. This is the after party. It's where things are winding down. Things are um, certainly oh, inebriated, but they're okay. But less maybe, energy. Maybe a little more pipe smoke coming out. Yes, I think it's it's that, but I still, I personally actually still envision it over uh, full and empty tankards. Ah, uh, um, yes. Same and, table, uh, thinner crowd. And um and uh and not to ex- not to exclude um but uh but I see this as basically while people are moving around having conversations, I see this as scrim, uh, mock and oil vein. Um. So uh, maybe maybe picking a moment while uh, other conversations are going on. They're just um, in a in a in a arm wrestling yes. competition with someone, and uh, with, with yeah. several people simultaneously, all at once. <laughs> Baron is using his healing abilities to help uh, people who are starting to throw up. Uh, yeah, you know, just <laughs> I feel like having a priest, bloomers. having a cleric at a uh-huh. uh, at a party, uh, at a banquet. There's, there's a lot of a lot of value there. Anyway. <laughs> So maybe things get a little more serious. Just things, hear the music. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm oh the oh, music's no, not, not playing okay. for me, so I'm trying. I, I can't figure out what's oh, going I on. Oh, I could hear it. Oh, um, you could hear it that whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Sorry, okay, it stopped so. playing for me, so I'm gonna. All right, let me just get it going. No, there's no music oh. playing in oh. this exact moment. Oh. But they said it was playing for that. Music. Okay, I'll get this one. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, music makes the people. Um. <laughs> so. Maybe things get a little more serious. Things get a little quieter. And uh, Scrim's maybe just chatting about um, what the next phase will bring. We kind of actually talked about the value of not having specific specific timelines and specific days. Um, but we all know that the next leg of this journey kind of is upon us. And uh, Scrim kind of is... <clears throat> kind of takes a moment and says, um, So taking care of your business in Waterdeep. Our reunion is full of festivities, but we all know what comes next will make everything before this pale in comparison between the pool of souls and whatever happens after that. Aye. <laughs> Mock looks around the room and he says, uh, for folk like us, Looking at the brothers, days like these are are earned, and few and, and 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 often few and far between. It's uh, it's been some months of meals, very different, to get this one here, and I agree that the uh, the banquets shall be limited for, from from this point on. I have been currying favor with the different groups of this town by holding these, holding feasts, not quite like this, holding feasts out in Lotus Glade under the stars, helping with their crops. But something else is on my mind. Um, and, uh, and he pauses a moment and he pops on his pipe. I've turned off my noise, noise suppression, by the way. I think I need to do that when I'm playing Scrim. Um, <clears throat> He says, I made I made some questionable decisions 
in the big picture, now looking back on them, my loyalties where they were to the witches, realizing the foolishness of that. Maybe not to go out on a limb, but some decisions you made with your first run at Hawks Regalia that led you to losing it all. Aye. Now that... Oh, go ahead. He says, I... With, uh, with some time to consider all that, glad that I can maybe begin a new, a new journey. Not a chance to right the wrongs of my past or something like that, but simply to move on and yourself able to get back to doing what you love and have pride in. As I had said before that because of because of the witch's role in what led to all this I assured your cousin that if need be I would be happy to end the life of Amberhelm that uh, that he deserved to die but I can't shake the feeling in light of what's recently happened to you and to me that if it's simply luck or even fate that our poor decisions had less catastrophic consequences Mock says after taking a large gulp of what he wished was dwarven ale, <laughs> says, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Ah, Scream, I, I think you speak wisdom. The, the past is the past. And, uh, ah, wizard trinkets aside, and he gives, like, the damn quiver, like, a smack. We'll not be doing any time traveling ourselves. And, uh, it's more about the future and what lays in front of us. He says, uh, part of the story of crafting the crown of the North that went untold tonight was of what it took from, like, what, what it took from my soul to create that. There is a journey happening inside of me that uh, is happening in parallel to our journey. I feel that both are driven partly by the fates themselves. But in, in that internal journey, as I struggled for the power to create what I believe is truly an artifact, uh, I saw visions of you all. And what you told me, Scrim, was not to be so hung up on what I wanted but to stay true to what I needed. And despite your, uh, uh, mis despite your separation from, from the witches, that that lesson that you carried from town to town in your early life is as true ever today as it was then. I haven't forgotten your words. I think they apply as well to, to Amberhelm. Amberhelm is our future and our future as anything. If we're sitting there with the knife at his throat, proverbially, and it's our choice to bring him down because we want to, even though we don't need to, 
I hope you'll help me help us to stay our hand. But if we're there with that same knife and that same dwarf, and it turns that we need to kill him, that we have the fortitude to do what needs done. That's what I've been thinking. What you think, Oilvane? Hmm. He considers it for some moments, you know, he's the idea of change and in, in the changes in their lives, you know, the idea of like, he never would have pictured himself trying to run a farm, uh, you know, but he's, you know, but he's doing it you know, and he looks at uh, Mock and Scrim and he sees two people who have kind of set themselves on these paths uh, for what seems like the better. And, but then we still are tasked with, you know, stopping Amberhelm. And sometimes it seems like an issue that's beyond him. And that this, the solution, you know, he says aloud, well, I don't know. I mean, if we just, if it comes down to it, you know, we might not, we, if we have to kill him, we'll kill him. I mean, if he's, all I know is that he's, He's hurt my friends. He's hurt people that we know, people that we care about. He's hurt all of us in some way or another. So, I mean, why not put him down if we have to? Is there, you know, what? I'm still wrapping it around my head reasons why we would even need to save him. You know, is it possible that he could ever be a friend of ours? After all the things that he's done. Brother, if to end the curse, his life needs to end, I agree, it's what we need to do, as he emphasizes it, kind of motioning to Mark. Um, But the the time I spent in the mountains and the time I've spent toiling away at simple tasks here in town, the more I've thought about the vastness of this conspiracy and how much these players and they those pulling the strings at all this are so far beyond what Amberhelm could have ever dreamed. These whisperings of great events from Deepa Mascar's past. I feel like each of us has been a pawn at different times in our lives. And if there's a chance to solve this without killing, without ending the life of another pawn, I just want to say, I said I'd be, I'd have no problem taking his life earlier. That doesn't sit well with me now. And he kind of, maybe... Baron is either at the other other side of the hall or or kind of he, he maybe motions that way and he says I know Moradin's desire is for justice unrelenting but I can't help but feel like I've been given at least an ounce of forgiveness by the facets of fate it doesn't feel right to deny that from someone who may have been used even more so than we have. Mock kind of, ha! <clears throat> having judgment passed upon myself so recently, 
I feel rather ill-equipped to offer judgment of others, but I do look I to mean, my cousin. Interrupting hmm. you, he said. He says. Uh, uh, he says. You understand me, but uh, he says it in, in dwarven. Mm. He says it in, in clear, well-spoken dwarven thing. You understand what so I, I do. I do. But I must say, apart from the three of us, I do trust my cousin Bear to be the one to wield the hammer of justice. For something inside me feels that it is it is his calling to do so. Uh, I'm not interested in revenge. And I think you and, you and I are, are well aligned on that scrim. And I think we're here to get the job done. And I hear you on that point, Oil Vane. But there seems to be some space between revenge and, 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 and completing the task uh, that may be called justice. And I'd leave it to better heads and better hearts than mine to solve that one for now. I think, uh, I think kin like Bairn may have more to say on that point when the time comes. And I, I'm inclo- I, I, I would hear him when he speaks. He says, I won't stop him. But if there's a chance for an alternative... I ask that you join me in considering it. We'll make that decision together. I will stay my hand. I will... I... I will... I trust you. I will... will My hand... My power... My... What I can do will always be available. <laughs> will always I can tell be available. He's speaking from the heart. Yeah. Will always be available. But I will tr- I trust you that I will I will I will let better heads prevail. He says I he says enough of this dreary shite. There's more to drink. And he picks up he's gonna grab a <clears throat> grab a, a nearby the fullest bottle of wine Ooh. and raises it into the air and is gonna walk out the door. <laughs> and uh he waves and we'll the bottle. Dope. And he uh walks <laughs> off to the glade to go howl at the moon with the the bog hag. Elves are always looking for fresh air at times like these. And Mock grabs a chair and gets closer to the fire. <laughs> he says, uh, "He says I'll, I'll warm myself here. <laughs> oh, Vane goes for more pie. <laughs> and I think there we'll continue next week is a good, uh, a good, uh, a good spot. Alrighty. Alright. That was an excellent a somber uh, note. Excellent. <laughs> Good job, everyone. Best party hilarious. ever. Uh, that was good. That was a lot of fun. I did not know how the banquet was gonna go. I wanted I wanted it to play off of kinda what 
what everyone brought to the table, and I thought that was quite fun. <laughs> I I like that it went comical. That was unexpected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but when Mock gets ale in his hand and a party's going down, yeah, doesn't it always? <laughs> he's he's at his most ridiculous. For I sure. think I just like that because of the roles, which like. We didn't lose cred. It just unraveled the the party a little bit of the storytelling, which I honestly feel like it's just like we say, it's just you're slurring your words a little bit more. Like you're like, oh, this is really excited about this, and then uh, the quiver and just uh, yeah, it was just I was thrilled that uh, we were humbled a bit. We became more down to earth. I mm. feel like. I feel like the town of Rebels Lift is like, hey, these guys are all right. I feel like Mock, he can, uh, he can kind of relax now. And when he drinks, he doesn't have. He's not drinking to forget something or to. <laughs> That's you know, yeah. He can, he's drinking. He can drink to celebrate and you know, and focus on what's important. So. Yeah, enjoying the day, man. Like he was being real there. Like these are just few and far between. They're not. They're not. Le- they're not any of these people in the town that are going to be able to go back home, work their jobs, and maybe you know do it again next weekend or whatever. Uh, so you, you, you nailed it. Like he's just, he's just enjoying the time, which is which is nice. <laughs> All righty, I'm beyond beat. I've got yeah. to go. Uh, so. Thanks, everyone. It was nice to get back in the saddle this week. I'm going to do some foundry stuff in this coming week to get it more prepared because, uh, yeah, we, we need to fix up the characters and, and uh, I'll update some of the stuff. And uh, I want some animal tokens, like a bear. Uh, it's good, good. At least a bear. Good point. I, I, I guess I could make, we could use a game business channel. Yes. In fact, let me put a, a chat there. Um, animal requests. Animal, animal wish list. <laughs> uh, there. Just put a chat to remind uh, people to consider that, including myself, so I can set that stuff up. Because Foundry is very powerful, but I do need to do some pre-prep um, with certain some things. Some pre-prep. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Dude, back in the lift. Back in the lift. Back in the lift.